The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Sammy Clark. And this is Sammy Spalter. We are best friends, co-founders of our wellness platform, Form, and now hopefully your new favorite podcast host with our new podcast, Transform. We started Transform because we are constantly having all of these big life chats. So we thought it was time to bring the conversations to the mic for you to join in, knowing we can all relate to the forming the best version of ourselves. We will be chatting it up from everything from self-love, health and wellness, relationships, owning a business, and all of the other hills and valleys that is this big, beautiful life. Tune in every week, wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you See soon. You soon. Hey guys, this is Note to Self, and I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. From Q&As and breakup tips to simply navigating every stage of life, Note to Self is a space to get messy, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Grab some wine or a mocktail, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Note to Self. Today we're going to do an Ask the Episode. I've gathered some questions based on like relationship stuff, dating stuff. I didn't see any like sex questions actually, which I was looking for one because I wanted to like touch on that for Valentine's Day. Valentine's month is what I'm calling it or Valentine's month, whatever you want. A month kind of focused on love here on Note to Self, which we started last week with my how I got back together with my ex episode. I got so much response from that episode. Mostly great. I mean, there's been so many people, particularly women who are married or currently dating long term men who play sports because I had one you know, response in particular where this girl was like, this happened to me and my boyfriend. We've been together for years and years, but he plays baseball and people don't really speak to the mental health of these guys sometimes to the point where they're kind of blindsided by their own problems sometimes. So I thought that was really interesting and I really appreciate all the responses. And I'm just really, I was very nervous about that episode, to be honest, because it can be hard to put something like that out and be vulnerable about something you care about so much, like a relationship, because it just opens it up for a lot of judgment, especially when you share more about it, which I think is why typically a lot of, you know, social media people, content creators, don't really share the ins and outs because it's easier to just share happy things because people can't come for your relationship in a sense and have all this judgment and talk badly about your significant other or you. And I feel like note to self for me with this particular audience with you guys here, I feel safe sharing those things. And of course, I will get judgment. People can disagree all they want. and It doesn't really matter at the end of the day to me. But I do recognize that opening up about that stuff and being so truly honest about how kind of messy sometimes relationships can be and how much it's really just a choice to get back in them or not, it can open you up for some criticism about something that you genuinely love and care about, something that you're nurturing, something that's so important in your life, which can lead to sometimes emotional struggles. Luckily, I've been doing this long enough where I can kind of separate myself and share my experience in the way that I have. But Thank you all so much for listening to that episode. If you guys want to go back and listen to that, I might reference it here in a little bit as well. But it's just one of those things that I really needed to get off my chest and share with you guys so you guys can have a better understanding of myself and my relationship and where Joe and I are at specifically because he is such a big part of my life. And, you know, moving back in together in the next few months, he will become a larger part of my content as well. So I want everyone to have like a normal, like a view that is true of us. That's not like this, like, either really good view or really bad view. It's just like they're two people who have chosen to be together and live life through this specific process. And I I want everyone to remember that when I get on a mic to talk on note to self, I'm not saying that even though I have a mic in front of me and this wonderful lighting and a great producer and I'm, you know, kind of a quote professional because this is part of my job I get paid to do. I also just don't, I don't know everything. The point of this is for me to share where I'm at in life what I'm learning along the way. And sometimes, you know, I might look back on certain decisions I've made in the future of note to self and be like, "Mm, that wasn't so great. Or, oh, that was a really good decision. It's just, I'm bringing you guys along on the process and never in this process do I want y'all to think that my opinion is the end all be all and that I know exactly what's going on at all times because I don't. I'm just a person. But I've chosen to be a person in front of whoever wants to listen and share the inner workings as it goes. Because most of the time, we're all kind of going through a parallel 
experience. And I think I really like to listen to people talk about theirs so I can apply it to my own or kind of just feel less alone. So that's literally the entire point of Note to Self. It's not for me to sit here and say, here's what I did. So you should do it too, because I know everything because I don't, I don't, I don't know how much more clear I can be about that. That's another way to start this Ask P episode off because this is an, an advice column episode wherein I give advice. This has been, these are questions that are submitted. There's a form in the episode in the show notes, I guess is what they're called. Episode description. You guys can find the Ask P form there and submit anonymously. If you guys want to, I've had a couple of DMs on where to find that. You can find that in the show notes, both on iTunes and on Spotify. So I've gotten a couple submissions lately that were very interesting and relationship dating related. I want to start off this episode on the same note, continuing what I just said. I don't know everything and I don't know your life specifically. I know what you have told me here, but I don't know all the players in these scenarios. I don't know you specifically. I don't know your background. I don't know what you can tolerate, what your values are, all of these things. So when I share my initial response, essentially take it with a grain of salt. This is me telling you what I would do in a situation based on what you've told me. But of course, experience as each human being experiences it is much deeper than what you can tell me right now in a short little paragraph. Some of these I will say though are a little bit longer than normal, but I wanted to include them. So we're going to do four questions today just so we can get through all of them in a timely manner. And I'm going to skip content corner today because I just didn't prep anything because I was prepping these questions. And I also don't want this episode to take five million years. So let's just get started. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So not to beat a dead horse here, but one relationship that I'm very proud of in my life is my relationship with my boyfriend, Joe. We've talked about this a number of times. I talked about it in the last episode about getting back together with the next. And I've talked about it in this episode, just talking about like relationships and stuff like that. I think a common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be like the right one for you. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or really anyone else. I have really benefited through therapy in my life the last 10 years or so, talking to someone about my problems, kind of getting them all out, and having a professional help me see things in different ways and see things through different perspectives and offer tools to help me cope with certain things has been very, very transformative for myself and for my relationships. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. This is one of my favorite things about BetterHelp because I think finding the right therapist can be a little bit like dating. You do need to feel really comfortable with someone, and if you need to switch therapists to feel that, I think that's the route you need to go. And I like that BetterHelp makes that easy. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash note to self today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash note to self. Today's episode is sponsored by Truly. So you all know I'm a huge fan of Truly. If there's one thing my friends and I love on the weekends and sometimes on the weekdays, it's an ice cold hard seltzer. But let's get real. The usual packs and flavors are more dull than most of the Bachelor seasons, to be honest, even though I'm watching this newest Bachelor season right now and I'm really deciding to get into it. All right. That's why we're excited that Truly is shaking things up with their new party pack. Truly believes life can be more refreshing when we can be real, let loose, embrace imperfection and allow ourselves to be free from convention. That's why Truly has something for everyone and more than 30 unique flavors, including three lightly flavored mixed packs, berry and new party pack. I love the lightly flavored mix packs, by the way, but the party pack is really the one that takes the cake for me and my friends. Truly Heart Seltzer's new party pack has a flavor for everyone, making it perfect for you and your friends. With four fan favorite flavors, including brand new raspberry, which is actually my favorite right now, it's got a little something for everyone. You can bring it to wine night, bring it to book club. You can bring it to watch The Bachelor with your friends like I will be doing. With this new pack, there's nowhere you cannot bring the party and you always be the life of the party. Whenever you show up with a pack of Truly, particularly the party pack of that size, people are going to love you. 
With only 5% ABV, 100 calories, and one gram of sugar in each can, Truly is the perfect drink to keep you on track with your New Year's resolutions, unless your resolution was to have less fun. To find Truly Hard Seltzer near you, go to trulyhardseltzer.com slash locations. That's trulyhardseltzer.com slash locations. Truly Hard Seltzer. Keep it light. Truly Hard Seltzer Beverage Company, Boston, Massachusetts. Please drink responsibly. Okay, question number one. Hi, Peyton. Love your podcast so much. I listen to it every week, but I wanted to get your advice on a relationship issue. I've been with my boyfriend for almost seven months, and for the most part, everything has been great. There was no cheating or any sort of abuse, but there were issues with his effort level. Over time, I noticed that I would be planning the dates. I would go out shopping for dinner and then cook it, and I was always supporting him and his hobbies and goals since he plays in a professional soccer league. I also noticed how every time I would go out, whether it was to the grocery store or to run errands or something, I would always be thinking about what I could buy him or plan for him that he would like to do. He would take me on dinner dates, but in the end, it wasn't often that we would go out. I felt like, though he was always caring and affectionate, that it just wasn't enough to be in a relationship since it was becoming very one-sided. Throughout the six months we were dating, I probably had at least four to five conversations with him saying that although I was having a great time, there were a few issues that I wasn't necessarily happy about, and I would also give him ways and suggestions to fix it and move forward. Obviously, we're all humans, and I'm sure there were things I did that maybe he didn't like, but I knew that I was giving the relationship 100% all the time, both emotionally and financially. Sometimes he wouldn't text me back or communicate in a normal amount of time, and I knew that he wasn't at work or busy, and it also takes two seconds to send a text saying that I'm busy and I'll call you later. So I felt like this relationship maybe wasn't as much of a priority to him as it is to me. And there's nothing wrong with that, so I gave him multiple opportunities to say that maybe he wasn't as into this relationship as I was. After Christmas, I decided that we needed to take a little break, partially because I need to study for my CPA and partially because of these other reasons. I was just feeling emotionally drained and upset about the constant disappointment that I kept feeling. He profusely apologized to me and basically begged to not break up. He was bringing flowers every day and dropping off little gifts since the day I had asked for a break. I told him that I couldn't see this going anywhere because I didn't think he could actually change these behaviors. Even after saying this to him, he did keep trying to fix the situation, and I do give him a little credit for trying to prove himself to me. He said that all he was asking for was a chance to prove that he could make the small changes and efforts I was asking him to make. I knew that I wouldn't be able to jump right back into the relationship and that it would almost be like starting over. He was totally understanding about how I was feeling about the situation and said that even if it would be like starting from day one again, that the only thing that mattered was getting a chance to change. I decided to accept a dinner offer from him, but I know going into this that I am very hesitant to give him another chance. I know that people can definitely change and I had to decide whether or not I'd be open to testing it out again. I also decided to try because in the end, there wasn't anything that was really bad about this relationship and my family and friends agree that it's not like I'm going back to a toxic relationship. I know you recently got back together with your boyfriend and of course, I don't know the circumstances, but wanted to know if there was any similarities to this situation. How did you approach the idea of getting back together? And did you have the same feelings of hesitation and just your overall outlook on the situation? Thank you so much for listening. XOXO, Jay. Thank you so much for submitting that, Jay. I feel like it used to be my worst nightmare in school to have to read aloud. And I forced myself to do that on these SP episodes. And I have so much anxiety about reading aloud. It's literally just me and Josh in the studio, and I'm just like tripping up on every sentence. I am not an allowed reader. I'm doing my best, okay? All right, Jay, thank you so much for submitting this. As y'all know, when I go through these questions, I kind of skim through, try to find out kind of what the topic of the question is, and I'll start like mentally jotting down notes, but I don't really like, I would, I want them to be like fresh for you guys and my initial reactions. So one thing I want to flag is that the seven-month mark. So six to seven months, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, this should be like the honeymoon phase. Like this is the phase where, where he is doing all the stuff and impressing you and trying to, like, in my opinion, prove that this relationship is worth it. He's putting his best foot forward because that's when you are in that phase of like so lovey-dovey obsessed, typically. And maybe it's not for everybody, but typically I think that is the truth. I do like that you are slow to kind of get back into a relationship. Like I talked about last week, I was very hesitant and I have taken since like last 
late August, September, when Joe kind of came back around to start talking about a relationship again, it took me months to feel comfortable again. And I think being hesitant is smart because you have to be, regardless of how much you emotionally are connected to this person or attracted to them or whatever, you do need to be logical because obviously something has happened to force the relationship to end or you know be on a break, as you said. And like I said, I think the six, seven month mark is like one of those things where you're like, it, that's when we started having like a little more conflict for the first time ever. But it took a little while to like actually start having things that were bothering me. So that's one thing to me that stands out with this is the time frame of when he should be on his best behavior. He's not. Another thing I'd to be wary about, and it seems like you picked up on this, is when you ask someone to change something and they like immediately go into like crazy fix it mode that it's almost like manic and almost like extreme. There is something about that that I don't trust. That's not to say that this is his best way he can put this foot forward. But the only way you're going to figure out if he's changed, unfortunately, is by being there to witness the change over time. And obviously, he's not going to be able to keep up with bringing you flowers every day forever. So I think you need to be really clear about what you are expecting. And it's not very romantic to be like, I expect flowers once a week and I expect this and I expect this. Obviously, it's not. But I would be as clear as possible because this is another thing I went through with Joe where I'm a very, very clear and direct person. But sometimes when you're so clear and direct, almost like giving instructions, it takes away like the sexiness and the surprise and the ability for them to surprise you. So there's like a a line to ride (laughs) when it comes talks about like, in terms of, I guess, communicating what you want specifically and then allowing someone to show up for you in a way that they need to and in a way that they feel comfortable with in a way that is all their own in a sense. Does that make sense? I hope it really does. I think that, like I said, you are correct to be hesitant in the unfortunate situation. And I think it's unfortunate because it's not for a person who likes everything to be clear and I like to be in control of things. And I like to kind of get stuff over with, I guess, like when I'm going to figure something out, I want to figure it out and get it over with and either choose to be in a relationship or choose not to be in a relationship in the end. I've also learned through getting back with my ex that that's not necessarily the case. And the only way to learn to trust that someone's changed is to trust them. And then when they start breaching that trust, that's when you're like, okay, they didn't change. Or if they start really showing up, they did change. I also like that you said that everyone's human. Things happen in people's lives and sometimes they can't show up for you the way that you always, always want. But it seems pretty consistently that you've given this man a ton of chances and you told him in the honeymoon stage that you needed a little bit more and he wasn't able to show up until you literally broke up with him and then he needed to win you back. So keep that all in mind as you move forward. But ultimately, the choice is yours, whether you are going to give this man the time of day or not. And just know that the only way you're going to figure out if it's worth it or not is by doing it and and spending that time observing how he acts over time. Because again, this like really quick to give you gifts and all these flowers and all of that stuff, that is not, you can't keep that going. You cannot be consistent with that for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? So I would sit back. Another quick tip I will say for me, when I feel like I'm giving too much in a relationship, I pull back a little bit and kind of start focusing those things on myself. I think it's really easy for me and a lot of women that I know to get so excited to like shower this person with love and to be really thoughtful and like plan these things and have this fun or whatever. But I think that it can be annoying, like you said, when it's one-sided. And for me, when I start feeling like things are a little one-sided or I'm going a little too hard, honestly, with the (laughs) consideration when someone maybe didn't even ask to be considered that much. That's just not something that they're expecting even though I want to do it, I pull back a little bit and not in a way of punishment, but just in a way of reconnecting with myself, maybe showing myself some of the love I'm trying to show someone else or showing my friends that love, my family that love, whatever it is, because it's sometimes you can try to give someone so much and they just didn't even ask for that, you know? So it's not like necessarily their fault that they're like, okay, like I didn't I didn't even want this, you know, some people like space. And so I think aligning on how much space someone likes or how thoughtful someone wants you to be for them. I think that's important because I even have had friends in the past that like go so hard on like gifts and like being so thoughtful and all these things and thinking about things before I need them, whatever, to the point where it makes me feel guilty because like 
I don't have that high of a threshold for that. Like I'm doing so many things in my life and I've told you guys a million times, I think everyone needs to be a little bit selfish for themselves. So I would keep that in check for sure. Make sure you're not losing yourself and someone else in that sense and communicate your expectations about that clearly and also really ask him his expectations because sometimes it's just like maybe it's too much for him, you know, and maybe pulling back and giving yourself some of that love and filling some of that empty space for yourself could be really helpful for you and the relationship should you guys choose to move forward. Today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. So if you're like me, you might notice that you are essentially hemorrhaging money and not you just don't know where it's going. Where could it possibly be going? And you take a quick scan and look of your credit cards after you face the fear of actually going to look at them only to realize you were subscribed to so many things that you do not remember subscribing to. There were so many free trials that you were like, sure, my free trial is going to last a week. And then like they must email me or something and you just don't ever cancel those. That is the story of my life. It's something I've been trying to really take control of this year, and I'm doing so with the help of Rocket Money. For example, I found out recently that I was paying for not only mine, but someone else's Amazon subscriptions. I was paying like a double the amount for my tanning subscription. I have been paying for so many apps, memberships that I do not use. Um, particularly like editing apps on my phone. It was just so weird. There was so much going on. It took me, it would have taken me forever to figure that out by myself. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $270 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash note to self. That's rocketmoney.com slash note to self rocketmoney.com slash note to self. Today's episode is sponsored by Woo More Play. So if you've been here for a hot second, you know that Woo More Play is my favorite all-natural sexual wellness brand that uses only good-for-you ingredients. I'm obsessed with their coconut love oil. I also love the vibrator. Just everything. So good. The branding, top tier. I love it. It feels very feminine, and I love that there's a brand, a sexual wellness brand, specifically that feels very like female focused. I have an exciting announcement for you guys. Woo More Play is launching an equity crowdfunding campaign, which means you can become an owner of Woo. This means you will have the opportunity to invest in Woo More Play for as little as $250 and receive incredible perks. For example, a free annual subscription and opportunity to help design Woo's next product, a dinner with the founding team, yes, with Lauren Bostic of The Skinny Confidential and Michael Bostic, of our very own Dear Media, and so much more. Woo is a female-owned and led company helping women feel more confident in their intimate lives. I'm a big fan of this community and believe that together we had the power to remove the stigma around women's pleasure. By investing in Woo, you'd be helping us close the orgasm gap by making incredible sexual wellness products available for all, impacting people's sex lives for the better. Plus, you'd be the owner of a sex company. And how cool is that? It's very on brand for me. You can head over to startengine.com to learn more. All right, question number two. I love the podcast. I've been a listener for one plus years now. Adding it to my rotation has improved my confidence, well-being, and overall trust in myself. That is truly the best compliment you could ever give me. Thank you so much. One episode I really resonated with was on anxiety versus intuition. I struggle with pretty severe anxiety and saw a therapist throughout college. Now, two years out of school and treatment, I still really struggle to differentiate between the two, especially when it comes to dating. I'm 25 and have been seeing a guy, 30, for the past six weeks, roughly eight dates. I've been single for the last three years after a toxic relationship ended and I moved across the country. This is the first time I've seen anyone past three to four dates since the breakup. He has so many great qualities that I like about him. The first being how I've always had a sense of safety with him. Since I've only dated people more casually, I am still struggling with the concept of multi-dating in the beginning. I absolutely understand the benefits of keeping your options open and taking time before committing to someone. I've experienced some benefits for my anxious attachment, 
myself from doing so. However, I also struggled to reconcile that with my desire to feel special, chosen, and deeply intimate. We have both expressed interest in finding a long-term relationship, but he has also been transparent from the beginning about dating multiple people, encouraging me to do the same. Recently, the subject of exclusivity came up, and he told me that he is seeing one other person for dates. They are sexually active, but we are not yet because I wanted to take things slow, to which he has been very supportive, understanding, and patient, even adding that if and when we do have sex, waiting would only make it better. Since meeting him, I've only been on roughly three other first dates. Only one has led to a second last week, and it made me realize that in order for the relationship to move forward, I am ready to be exclusive with him. My intuition is telling me to initiate the conversation, but my anxiety tells me that it is too soon. I fear that he'll think I'm being too pushy, needy, controlling, and impatient, and that I will inevitably face rejection. However, I know that if it doesn't work out, the risk will be so worth it. And if he doesn't know yet what he wants or feels a stronger connection to the girl he is sleeping with, then he is not the right person for me. How do I go about having this conversation? How should I react if he does not see a long term with me or if he's not ready to commit? How can I have grace for both him and myself in the situation when dating around is so understandable, but it also can't work with my needs? Would love your help, E. Okay, this is such such a good question. One, maybe this is controversial because I think, I don't know. I think initially I don't, I'm not very anxiously attached, especially in the beginning of anything. I feel like most of the time, maybe it's me being with men. I feel like they are guilty until proven innocent in a sense. Like I'm not really interested until you do things that I can reflect on that make me interested. There haven't been many guys in my life that I've just like met and immediately been like super obsessed with. I've always been the opposite where I didn't really care that much. And then it grew. So for me in my last in my, you know, phase one of my relationship with Joe, I grew to be slightly anxiously attached because he was more avoidant in a lot of ways. And that's something that we specifically worked on and have gotten to a really great place with. It kind of has to do also with the pulling back situation I learned to pull back more rather than like we discussed in question one. But that's a story for another day. We can cover that at some point if y'all want to. I like that you are so aware of the fact that you do have to have this conversation because it seems like your intuition is telling you to. And on note to self, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, going inward and acknowledging your intuition. And I think that's such an important revelation to have. And it's such an exciting yet scary time, which kind of makes it so exciting to be like, all right, I need to have this conversation with this man. And it's either going to go in a way that like gives me butterflies and we're so in love and all this stuff. And it leads to something more positive in, in your eyes versus a possible rejection. And I think for me, it's I am not a person that dates multiple people at once, not for, for any other reason than I just don't find that many people that interesting. So I'm not going to force myself to go on dates in order to not be so obsessed or so involved with someone too quickly. Instead, I'm kind of a person who dives into other things that make me happy on purpose. So like if I find myself, you know, ruminating on something a man has said to me because I'm getting a little bit too like in my head about things and a little too attached too soon, instead of you know, talking to other guys, because typically unless I find some that I like, which is so rare, <laughs> dating is really rough. I'm, I I understand. And you do have to force yourself sometimes. But instead of doing that, I like to go out and like and do things that I love or specifically hang out with friends or even like not even my best, best friends sometimes just like my coffee date friends or my dinner date friends or I really dive into work or I really dive into my workout routine or pick up a hobby like cooking or like freaking painting pottery or something. I literally schedule this in my calendar like I'm on dates with myself or with my friends. So that's one thing that I will say if you guys have an issue with the attachment too soon, maybe the dating a couple other people helps you. But if you're not really that kind of person, just like focus on other things than this person. I think that's a great way to do that to distract yourself if you know you're a person that gets attached. But to move on from this, I also like when a guy is like kind of obsessed with me. Maybe I'm a narcissist. I don't know. But I think in the beginning, if someone's not like it's a fuck, yeah, then I typically am a little wary of that person for our relationship. I think that some you kind of know when you know, like you're specifically you're like, okay, I'm really into this. I know you're easing into it for yourself, but you know that you like this guy and it's hit a point of eight dates. I think you said how many weeks was it? 
six weeks. All right. I feel like some people say it's like the three month mark, but that's like a random social media rule. I think for me, you obviously do need to have this conversation because your intuition is telling you to, and you have to honor your intuition. This is your life and your experience. So that's number one. We've, we've made that clear. You obviously know that. For me, I'm thinking that relationships are about a lot of things like fun, chemistry, romance, the friendship, sex, all of those things. It's, it's about that, but it's also about alignment and timing sometimes. And if this man is not aligning with you timing wise, and if he really wants to see other people still, if he's not in a place in his life to take things very seriously with one person, you need to figure that out. Because if you are in a place to do that, and that's what you do want, you've got to figure that out sooner rather than later, or else you're going to hate that you kind of just like waited around for someone for a while because you were too scared to start that conversation. So for me, when it comes to actually having that conversation, I always have to temper my very directness, which is almost like a masculine energy when I talk about relationship stuff with my partner. So we'll just call him, quote, your partner in this situation. I would definitely start with how you feel about him, how you've enjoyed spending time with him, how he makes you feel safe, because that's a really important part of this relationship. It's, It's telling him why you value this so much and explain to him, like, this is how you feel. And I would almost like go into it in a way that's not forcing him. It's not like I'm going to break up with you and we're not going to see each other if you don't agree with me kind of thing. It's not coming from that energy. It's more like this is what I want right now and this is what I'm looking for. Are we on the same page or are we not? Because I don't really want to like beat around the bush and I want to be pretty clear about this. And I would do so as clearly as possible without being like, and then I want this and then I want this because I get that way. That's the only reason I make that note. So Really, I think it's just about communicating whether or not you guys align and getting to a place where if he says no, I think that you need to think about it'll be better for you, obviously, in the end. It's going to suck at first, but I think it's so it's so like it makes me feel so alive to have conversations like that. It's going to be one of those things that even if it goes, let's say, not in your favor for the time being, like let's say you get rejected right now, it obviously is going to lead to something much better down the line. And that can kind of make you feel alive. And it's one of those decisions I think you're going to look back on when you are with him, maybe, and you took the leap and you guys are together and everything's great. Or you move on to someone and you meet someone who's absolutely perfect for you, who you do get into a relationship with. It's going to be one of those situations where you're like, damn, that one conversation I had was really a turning point for me. And it really led me into this great experience that I had, you know, later on down the line. So definitely bring it up. I would do so sooner rather than later. So you're not in your head about it. I think you just need to like rip off the bandaid and talk to him about it. And obviously so mature of you to prioritize extending him and yourself grace because relationships are really hard. And if he chooses that he doesn't want to be in a relationship right now, if the timing's not right for him, it does not make him a bad person. So I'm glad that you're acknowledging that. And I'm really interested to see how that turns out for you. So please keep me posted. Today's episode is sponsored by Twins. So who does not love the good things in life? I feel like Note to Self is all about the little luxuries and attainable luxury and the small things that make us happy. And I mean, let's be honest, I like big luxury as well. Even though I enjoy a little luxury, it doesn't always mean that I can afford it in like a smart way, you know, until I discovered Quince. Quince is my go-to for luxury essentials at affordable prices. Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices within reach, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and 14-karat gold jewelry, which might be my favorite part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I absolutely love that. My current favorite from Quince that I cannot stop wearing is the 100% organic cotton boyfriend crew sweater. I have it in navy. It comes in a number of colors, though. It fits perfectly. And for the cold weather, especially now that I am I know for a fact that I'll be moving to Milwaukee, you know, Midwest, I am stocking up on sweaters even more. 
just to give you an example of price point, traditionally this sweater would probably retail for about $100 and on Quince, they're selling it for $49.90. Just really great prices. I love how transparent they are and the product is so good. It feels so luxurious. So give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Peyton for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Peyton to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Peyton. All right, number three. Love the pod. need your opinion on this. And I feel like you're the perfect person to ask. I've been dating my boyfriend for three and a half years now. We're both 26 years old. We get along really well. I feel super in love with him and we have so much fun together. Six months ago, we moved in together after doing long distance for three years. Everything has been great. We both do our fair split of chores and help each other out, give each other space every night to do our own thing, etc. I'm super happy with our relationship, but he has one habit that has really started to bother me. And that habit is getting super high every night, aka hitting his weed pen after he gets off work before bed. This has become a pretty consistent part of his routine, and for the first months, it didn't bother me too much, and I was trying to, quote, play it cool and be the, quote, chill girlfriend. But after a few months, I brought it up and told him it bothers me, and I feel like it's not good to be high every single night, especially because I'm not high, and it bothers me. He doesn't do anything bad when high. He's actually super loving and affectionate, but he does become more careless, slower, and more spaced out. I don't think weed is super bad, but I think every single night is a little excessive. I finally brought it up a few months in and he reacted positively and told me he would cut back and not do it as much. Four months later, he hasn't cut back and now the conversation has become a lot bigger. We had a huge disagreement about it because he wants to do what he wants and not have me, quote, control him. But I just hate how consistent it is and how I feel like he's choosing weed and the feelings he gets with weed. I just think weed makes you escape your reality and makes boring feel a lot different. If he continues every day, I'm scared he won't enjoy just being sober with me. I don't know what to do. I love him and it's not that serious, but I'm thinking long term. Do I want to be with someone who gets high every night and has this as part of their routine? I'm questioning everything because of it. Please help. Our love is so strong and he's so good to me. Do I let his nightly weed pen problem ruin everything? XO loyal listener. So (laughs) I feel like I probably am a good person to ask about this because I had a similar problem with Joe. So like I smoke weed. I enjoy it. I also go through stages where I like smoke more or smoke less. Like right now I'm kind of in a not really smoking or like having a lot of edibles scenario. Sometimes I'll take a little microdose, like a little microdose gummies that are literally like one milligram, which you can't, I can't really feel. I'll take like half or one of them, but that's the extent of my weed use right now. Again, it goes in phases. But when I first moved to Majo, this was a point of contention for me because like I, like you're saying every night is crazy. It's also, also like the video games every single night or like when Joey get on the, on the video games for hours, like he'd have, he'd have an off day. I'd be working all day. So like, obviously I'm not around to like hang out with him or anything, but he'd be playing for like eight hours. I'm like, that's not good. Like some video gaming. Great. Wonderful. Escapism. We love it. It's fun for you. I think it's like a little bit of an excuse for boys to bond with each other and like hang out because they all get on the game together and like talk and like are giggling. I hear them all in there all the time. It's actually kind of cute. But when it gets to an extreme level, like you're saying, you're just like, is there something going on here? Like what's going on? So I brought this up to Joe in a way that was more, again, demanding. Whenever we had lived together for a little while, I'm just like, can you not? And it almost was in a way I wasn't trying to be judgmental, but it sounded judgmental. And I got to the point where he was like so ashamed that he would like fully stop smoking or like fully stop playing video games to prove to me that he's like, so look, I'm, I'm not going to play. Like, I won't do it. I promise. Like, like he was in trouble. And I'm also like, I don't control your life. I'm just asking you to be more moderate with this and not do this all the time. And then he would get to the point where he'd play and like, look at me like he was doing something wrong. And I'm like, I, I don't hate video games. It's exactly like you're sick. I'm just drilling it because I agree with you. I don't hate video games. I don't hate weed. It's just like, why do we have to be so extreme? Like, can we just be normal? Can we do this a normal amount of time? And when you go past the limits of normal, I'm going to be like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> do we need to talk about something? For me, after I approached him like that, And the way he started acting after made me genuinely feel bad about how I approached him. It made me feel sad that I was making him feel sad about something that makes him happy, if that makes sense. And I quickly realized that. And then I quickly tried to fix it being like, listen, I don't hate it. Just exactly how I explained to you guys. But it stuck with him. And he still sometimes will do it where he'll like look at me like I'm playing video games, like he's doing something wrong. He'll answer FaceTime with his headset on. I'll be like, hey, I'm just 
I'm just playing video games. I'm like, I don't care if you're playing video games. <laughs> How many times can I tell you this? So I think the approach is important because he still hasn't got, gotten over my initial approach and it's literally been like two years. So <laughs> boys are so sensitive, I think. So the approach for this is important. And I think the way that I have been doing so lately, if things get really extreme, is I get curious about why things are getting so extreme. So instead of coming off like I'm controlling him, I'm trying to ask him, like, is there a reason you're playing video games for eight hours? Which, again, very rare that he does that. But is there a reason for this? Is there a reason you need to get high every night? And I think the way you phrase the question can either be shameful and judgmental or you can like genuinely be curious. You're like, I actually want to know, like, is it to like, are you are you bored? Is this just like a fun experience for you? Are you really stressed out? And it's like an escapism thing. But when you say to me, let's see, you said, I just think weed makes you escape your reality and makes boring feel a lot different. If he continues every day, I'm scared he won't enjoy just being sober with me. This really struck me because there's so much validity here. I mean, every everyone's points are valid. Everyone's feelings are valid. But the way you said this, I think that talking to him about it like this and bringing it back to how it makes you feel versus the, you know, questioning him constantly and like or demanding that he does something different. I think it really changes when the approach is more about how things are affecting you and how it makes you feel as well as in tandem with, I guess, the curiosity that you have for him and his feelings about it. It's just a softer way to approach. And obviously you love this man. You don't want to make him feel bad about your, himself and you don't want him to like hate himself for things that he's doing. Maybe it is a coping mechanism. Maybe it's just something he enjoys. But I would get really curious, ask a lot of questions because I think you're so right to think this way. And it's coming back to you and your feelings. And you need to share that from your perspective rather than telling him what to do. But I, that is so real. I am still, like I said, living down the way I initially approached this. And I still feel so bad about it. So if I could change anything from the beginning, I would have asked more questions about why. And I would have explained it more in a way of, hey, this makes me feel a little bit hurt because it makes me feel you're tr- like you're trying to escape the experience we're having sitting here together tonight, or you need something more than this. Can you explain that to me a little bit more? Just a softer way to approach. And I think that he would appreciate that and feel a little less controlled. All right. The last question. I met a guy in November, three months ago in New York, and it was at an event. He didn't catch my eye at the time, but he pursued me. We ended up getting a couple drinks after the event. I just went with the flow. The conversation was good. And we stayed chatting until the bar closed at 2 a.m. He asked me on a second date and I went, even though I still wasn't overtly interested. It was fun and interest from me is growing. There were a few red flag comments. Like he said, he will accept a woman when she proves he can stick by his intense career. He's a professional ultra marathon runner. We also ended up sleeping together. He has professed how much he likes me, but I'm skeptical because his communication was really inconsistent because of work. He wanted to see me a third time before we both went away for the Christmas holidays, but could not commit to a date or time because of work. I said maybe we should stop trying to force a date if you are this busy. He books a dinner that night and we have the most fun evening. And at this point, I officially like him. He moves to Miami for the winter season and invites me down to stay with him the first week of January. Again, a great time. I really like him now. I've been back in New York City and communication is back to being super inconsistent or not even there. I flag the consistency is really important to me. We don't need to speak all the time, but I feel really disconnected. He said he's so busy, but he's posting social media stories every hour at the beach, hanging out with friends, hiking. I'm not really sure what to think, and I would love your advice. Okay, this is one of those, I mean, the communication on all levels when it comes to like communication, the day-to-day communication, the communication that I experienced in my breakup with Joe, and then the communication it took to build a relationship again. I mean, this is obviously such a buzzword, but in this very realistic sense, it's like the day-to-day communication. It can be so rough because everyone has a different threshold for how much they want to talk to someone, how little they want to talk with with someone. When Joe and I first started talking and we first started dating years ago, I am not like a texter and he is. He likes to text throughout the day. I hate texting throughout the day. I do not want to do it. It takes up way too much time. I'm already on my phone for work and stuff. I just have my reasoning. I don't like it and he loves it. I'm a FaceTimer. I want to FaceTime at the end of the evening and talk and have the face-to-face in a consistent, like concise period of time. 
And he hated it at first. He's not a FaceTimer. And we compromised by doing what I want, obviously, <laughs> most nights. But it was actually one of those things where once he was FaceTiming me more consistently, he was like, actually, you're right. I like, actually do prefer this method of communication. But everyone, my point is everyone has a different form or way they like to communicate, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. So let's say he's on his phone and stuff like that. But if he's not a big texter, he's not a big texter. The thing is here is, can you guys compromise on something that works for both of you? Can you change the communication to be a call or a FaceTime? And can you specifically talk to him about how the communication, like you said, you brought up the consistency and communication is important to you. If you cannot compromise on this, if you cannot find something that makes you guys both comfortable, I think this is a bit of a red flag just because I think lack of communication leads to so many other problems, especially in the beginning and especially if you're long distance and you don't live near each other. That day-to-day communication to nurture a relationship and a long distance relationship is so important because you aren't physically with each other all the time. And to be honest, for me, when I was asking Joe to FaceTime me on a nightly basis, it didn't seem like much to ask because he's doing so little day to day, especially during the day for me, considering I'm not there. We're not hanging out. We're not going on date nights. We're not doing all these things that normal couples do. We're not spending time together on the weekend. So I'm like, you're going to FaceTime me at night. It can be short some nights if we need to be quick. It can be longer some nights. But to me, that was very important. And that was the kind of communication that made me feel safe and comfortable moving forward in a relationship and keeping the relationship pace up because you do need to learn in the beginning about someone and what they're, you know, from their interests to their emotional stances on things, to their values, to their families, to their friends, to their day-to-day you know, stuff, you want to be involved in their life because that's so important in the foundation of a relationship. And the way you get there is communicating with someone. So I would be so direct about the communication being a problem for you. And I like that you're kind of willing to kind of walk away. Another red flag for me is similar to one of the first questions. When you say maybe we should stop trying to force a date if he's busy and then he immediately comes back and and books a date and he's on his best behavior again because he doesn't want to lose you. Yes, it's nice that he doesn't want to lose you. But like, why isn't he doing this from the beginning? He obviously had time to carve out because he did it really quickly. Why isn't that being prioritized from the beginning? That's something that I would bring to him in a way that doesn't sound combative, because I think sometimes with men, they need to be aware that you're recognizing that you have a bullshit meter and you're like, okay, I don't want to call you out in a way that's mean and direct. And I'm trying to like, like get you in trouble for something. But I do want to ask, like, why is it that when I kind of choose to pull away or fizzle out with something because it seems like you're really busy and it seems like you're not prioritizing? Why is it when I pull away, you're suddenly back to chasing me again? You suddenly have time to put in your calendar as suddenly a priority. I would figure out a way to say that that's not combative, but that's a little bit of a red flag to me. It's a pink flag, if you will. When men do that, obviously, we've had two do that today that really are like trying to have a comeback story when you're kind of like, OK, but like, how are you not? How is it not going to always be a comeback story? How do we know it's not going to be like you're asking you know, him to make time for you? And then he's like, OK, fine, I'll do it. And then like it gets to the point where you're months down the line and you're like, OK, hey, again, it's me. Like we had this problem a few months ago. We're doing it again. So I think the whole thing with trying to see if a man is going to change. Obviously, you have to like, but I would have that in the back of your mind as a little like pink flag, like when his inconsistencies start coming up again and he knows that's important to you. Maybe your priorities just are not aligning and your communication styles aren't aligning. And when they don't align, you guys can't figure out how to make it align. I think that's a recipe for a little bit of a disaster. Um, Another thing is kind of like what I said before, when I feel like I'm doing a little bit too much or asking a little bit too much, I kind of pull back and observe. I don't want to instruct someone on how to be a good person and a good partner a lot of the time. So when I've asked and said, you know, I've set my boundaries, I've said what I needed, I've been pretty direct and serious about them. I don't police a person after I do that. I kind of do that and then I let them, you know, react in the way that they naturally do and see if it's and I kind of evaluate if that's a person I want in my life, because all you can do is really say what you need and what you want. And then he has to do you know, kind of meet you halfway, essentially. So it sounds like you have a conversation in your near future about what can be given. And in that conversation, I wouldn't, again, 
approach him like he's getting in trouble, but also approach him with a, I have a pretty much like I have a bullshit meter and I see this, that, and the other thing that you're doing and it's making me a little suspicious because that's really respectable when you can be like, hey, I'm going to confront you about this pretty directly and kindly and just let you know that I see what's happening here and it's making me a little uncomfortable. And that is question number four. That's the last question. Thank you guys so much for submitting those questions today. I hope my answers were up to par. Please keep me in the loop. Y'all can DM me if you send in a question and let me know how things are going with your stories, with your lives. And other than that, I really have nothing much for you. My note to self this week, by the way, is to chill the fuck out. I am so anxious and it has a lot to do with upcoming (laughs) travel that I do like I don't know that I'm going on. I might be going on. Things are planned for it, but there's so many variables going on where I'm relying on other people. Super Bowl is one. I'm going to Aspen in two days. I will have already been. I, I, I will be coming home, I think, by the time this episode airs. And I'm leaving in two days. I just got my flight confirmation yesterday. I have a dog that I have to board. I have to like make all these plans ahead of time. I didn't have any ski clothes, so I like overnighted some <laughs> from Amazon. My ski boots actually don't fit, so I just figured that out. Or my like snow boots. So I've been stressed about that. Just like getting that together it is a work trip. So while it sound, it's, it's going to be so fun, it really will be. It's just the getting there and the planning and the getting all my life in order and getting all the content that I like all my work done outside of the traveling and then possibly Super Bowl for work as well. I'm still waiting on confirmation of that. And then I'm moving soon and I have to get my new address, which we still don't have. We still know where we're living in order to hire movers. Do I want to hire the movers? Do I want to sell all my stuff? I still have a storage unit in Dallas that I'm paying for every single month with a bunch of stuff in it. We don't have a permanent location now. I'm nervous for spring training to start because like what if Joe gets traded and then like it's just the whole the anxiety of it all. So today I was actually talking to Joe and I was like, I just need to like focus on what comes next. I was coming here to record this episode. I was like, I just need to focus on the episode and stop freaking out so much because life will unfold. Everything will be fine. I'm going to be okay. And it's not worth being so anxious about the future when the future isn't happening right now. I just need to figure out what's happening right now. So that's my note to self for this week is take a fucking break, remove some things from your calendar and just stop being so serious because at the end of the day, it's just like, it's a trip to fucking Aspen and then to going to the Super Bowl. The moving part, that's a little stressful. I also, I need to figure out how to get Winnie to Wisconsin as well and how to fly with her and all that stuff. Whatever. It's it's a lot. So day by day. We're taking it day by day. I need to just take a breath. Uh, that's my note to self. Come find me on Instagram at Peyton Sarton. Come find me on TikTok at Peyton Sarton and on YouTube. And please give us five stars on iTunes and Spotify. It helps out the show so much. And please, it takes five seconds. Please do it. It's It's so, so helpful. And it makes me really happy whenever I see ratings come in, that little number go up, especially on Spotify, because that's where I typically listen to podcasts. But other than that, I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. You can catch a new episode of Note to Self every Thursday. Please, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff. I always want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review if you have a sec. Follow Note to Self on social for all the behind the scenes action and more info about the show at NTS by PS on Instagram and at Note to Self Pod on TikTok. And I'll talk to you all next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.